Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back and thanks for listening. So, when you hear the word evil, what does that bring up to you? I think uh, <laughs> drivers on the highway, tax collectors, we got all kinds of categories that we think of for evil. Um, I always uh, thought of uh, a character on Spongebob that's been around for blooming ever. Who always said, evil, evil. And uh, that's kind of how that particular word comes across. You don't hear it much. and Except in specific situations. Now, question is, what does the Bible mean by evil? What's coming up in that direction? Um, what exactly is God talking about when he's talking about evil? Because, by the way, God mentions a few times that he's bringing evil to someone, to a group. Um, let me bring your attention to Jeremiah 25, 29, where God says through the prophet, For lo, I begin to work evil at the city which is called by my name. And should you be utterly unpunished, you shall not be unpunished, for I will call for a sword upon all the inhabitants of the earth, says the Lord of hosts. So what is that? Does that mean God is mean and ugly and wrong? And you know, when a lot of times when you uh, when you think of evil, most of the time people think of Satan. They 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 think of Satan and they think of of uh, fire and pitchforks and winged creatures and malevolence and things. And in some ways, that's kind of a biblical thought process. But, in the uh, Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the word evil is the word ra'ah. Ra'ah. And it means to be bad or displeasing. It can mean to be injurious. Um, but in uh, it, it can also, and this is when God says, I'm going to bring evil, uh, he, uh, this particular sense of that word is what's going on. It says to do injury or hurt. Now, when God does injury or hurt, it's for discipline or judgment. Um, so from that perspective, we tend to think of evil as malevolence. And that's not God. But, you know, because immediately people say, well, I understand. How can God bring evil if he's good? Because we think of good and evil in uh, 
opposition to each other. You, know, you got evil, here's the bad guy, and then here's the good guy. Um, Jesus good, Satan evil. So, the, uh, I think the prime way of, of looking at this particular aspect is this, is think of it in terms of motive. Now, I tend to think in terms of, uh, when I think of evil, in terms of intent. Uh, it's interesting that the, uh, the New Testament, not the only word for evil, but a, a very prominent word in the New Testament for evil is paneros, which means bad, unsound, evil, afflictive, e malignant, malevolent, you know, things of that nature. Um, however, uh, there are times during Jesus' parables that the master in the parable says, you wicked evil servant. Well, what does he mean? Um, for example, in the, in the talents, in the uh, parable of the talents, which basically is money. Uh, you had three different uh, servants, and one of them buried the money, didn't even give it to the bank for interest, just buried the money. So from that perspective, it can mean lazy, inactive. I think the crux of it is, um, is intent. If you really want to sum it up, it has a lot to do with intent. There are people who are... Uh, and who are uh, intent on hurting others. That's what they take joy in. Uh, I see a lot of drug pushers in that, <laughs> of all levels, in that very category. Because, uh, now, when, when you know that something is going to hurt someone then uh, and you do it anyway uh, sometimes uh, in in that particular situation that intent is lazy yes slothful inactive yes but it's also malignant it's because Evil takes a whole different variety. It's just like good. There, there's, you know, you have good, and then you, and with evil, there's all different uh, varieties of, of things that are happening. But I think when you boil it down, when you're thinking of evil, it is someone who is basically totally not caring about positive outcomes for other people unless it gives them something selfishness is is part of that um, pride arrogance 
both of those things play into evil. Um, those are motivators, main motivators for evil. Now, honestly, a lot of people don't don't grip <coughs> don't grip evil. Excuse me, as a uh, as a prime factor in in today's society. They now let me qualify that. I think evil has been depersonalized. Evil is not just an intent. It's not just a motive. It's not just a frame of mind. It is all those things. But evil can also be personified. Evil is personified in Satan um, in that he is fully committed, fully focused. He is the exemplar, the prime example of what evil is. Why is that? Because he utterly cares about nothing else other than himself. And also, he actively pursues the destruction, misery, and torment of others. That's why he is, or we say he, but entity, uh, he is the, the prime example of evil. Now, um, evil can also be what you bring on other people. And it may or may not be something that... Uh, You know, can you bring evil on someone out of ignorance? Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, it's interesting that in courts, if somebody dies, if you cause the death of someone, if it if you were actively pursuing that person's death, that's murder. If you if it just happened and you did it and you caused their death because you were a, a dimwit or you weren't paying attention or you just or you were self-centered you were you know or doing something else that caused somebody they sometimes they refer to that as manslaughter because you weren't actively pursuing that person's death evil can be that way uh, so evil can very much be our choices. Now, in modern Jewish thought processes, everyone is born with the ability to choose, to choose good or choose evil. They, and, and evil is, is taught in more terms, in more in terms of a decision-making process, where you make bad decisions. And that is evil, but not necessarily a personification. Now, here's the problem: there are evil that there's evil that people choose to do. Yes, bad decisions, but there is also a personification of evil, and that is Satan. Satan tries to feed 
feed the bad decisions we make. And unfortunately, because we live in a world that is completely messed up, because sin is in, in it and it's just, just running rampant like a cancer all over the place, it's really easy to fall into doing something that is just not not good, that is quote-unquote evil. In the New Testament, if you were seen as having an evil eye in Jesus' day, that was a slang term or a euphemism for someone who was stingy. And again, that has to do with the fact that if you're stingy, you really care way more about your skin than you really care about anyone else surviving. Period. So, and God sees that as wrong. Now, Can you, and here's, here's the thought process, can, you, can we eradicate evil in the world? Can we completely eradicate it? Humans can't. But what is impossible for man is possible for God. God can eradicate evil. Now, when is that going to happen? Later, maybe tomorrow, maybe 2,000 years, maybe 2 million years, who knows? God's timing is not our timing. But here's, so if we can't, if humans can't eradicate evil in the world, what are we doing? What do we do? Do we just give up and just start doing it? You know, just start, okay, well, whatever, and if, if we can't get rid of it, then I'll just join in. No. No, we have to fight it. Why do we fight it? We fight it because if you belong to God, then good is in you. Because there is also the personification of good. The Bible says God is good. In fact, Jesus said, don't call me good. You know, there's you know, only one who is good, and that's the Father. God is good. Since God is good, if you belong to God, then it is built in your DNA. You have to resist, fight evil. Um, there's a verse in Micah where... God through the prophet is is talking to Israel and it basically but it's a general statement he says I've told you oh man what is good he says what is good to love kindness to seek justice and to live humbly with your God that's good now if we don't resist evil, then, for one thing, we're not doing our job. For another thing, God takes notice of that. And for another thing, um, I believe there was a quote, and I can't remember exactly, it might have been Don John, but it says that 
all it takes for evil to succeed is for good men to do nothing. And not just men, but men and women. Resisting evil. Resisting evil. It is, yeah, it's important. There's one other little uh, thought process I want to leave with you. And that's in Isaiah 117. In fact, this is Isaiah addressing Israel. And he's, uh, in fact, I believe it's Judah, actually. And, uh, He say, and in, in starting in, in verse fifteen, this is this is God talking through Isaiah, and God's, and I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to read down through eighteen. We're real familiar with eighteen, but I want I want to start at fifteen. Isaiah one fifteen and following, and it says. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless and plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, said the Lord. Though your skin, though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they'll be as wool. So, God doesn't expect perfection. What God expects is improvement. God wants people who are motivated to fight evil in the world and in themselves. Um, in this passage in verse 17 learn to do good seek justice correct oppression bring justice to the fatherless and plead for the widow's cause these are all actions these are all actions learn to do good because because in another place in, in the Bible, I'm trying to remember, uh, and it's in the uh, writings of Paul, where there's a phrase to use that Paul uses. He, he says, inventors of evil. Inventors of evil. Um, these are people, basically, who are focused on just thinking up new ways to do horrible things to anyone and everyone. And that means they're focused. They're committed to doing that. And those people 
God has set aside for utter destruction unless they turn from their evil, turn away. And then, then it's a motive. God wants consistent faithfulness toward him. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have good days and bad days. It doesn't mean, you know, the path may not be rocky. You know, it means that God is looking for that continued faithfulness of trying and, and, and seeking to do what he wants. How do you know how to do that? Through the Word. Again, as a, you know, as a uh, 117 and this comes before 18. Everyone learns 18. They love, they love 18, but, but uh, 17 says so much. Learn to do good. Don't invent evil. Learn to do good. Learn to do good. Find ways to do good. Experiment on how to help other people. Use your mind, your intellect, your thought processes toward making things better for everyone. Seek justice. And that means... Now, it says seek justice. doesn't say make justice. doesn't say find justice. It says seek it. Sometimes you will find justice. because. But in this world, you know, this is a broken world. Justice may not be found completely, but, but, but the ultimate justice is that God is going to, is going to work it. God's involved in the process. And if you belong to Him, then the justice you bring, He will bring with you. Correct oppression. Do you see oppression? Oh, yeah, we see oppression. See all kinds of oppression. How do you correct oppression? Well, you can learn to do good. So learn ways to correct oppression. And it says bring justice to the fatherless. So basically, this... You know, this is the orphans. But the whole idea, there's kind of two two parts to that. The whole idea is the helpless. Help the helpless, people who cannot help themselves. Help them. But bring justice to the orphans. Orphans, in, especially in this day, had nothing. You have no father, you have no parents. You got nothing. You're going to be a slave. And you're going to die. And nobody's going to care. So plead for those. And well, and, you know, seek justice for those. And the last part is plead for the widow. In those days, if you, you know, everything kind of revolved around the, the, the guy's uh, livelihood. He was, he was the guy that's supposed to be out there tolling and making the money and bringing in the food. But also... The dude was in the the dude and his father's house was supposed to take care of the old folks. So mom and dad were supposed to be with the young people and then the young people were supposed to uh, continue. Well, if you're a widow, you got no one to take care of you unless you got a son that, that can do that. But in this case, the thought process is this a widow has nothing. they starve. So, again, it's this idea of helpless. 
these are all actions. These are all things God's asking people to do. And these things God is asking people who are in the pit of sin and evil. And he's, he's saying this, look, stop your evil. Stop it. Turn to me. Because, then he goes into verse 18, and that's the one everyone does as a memory verse. And he says, he says, come now, let's reason together. This is the living God, the God of the ultimate universe, the ultimate, the ultimate power there is. Is basically saying, look, let's us talk it out and figure out a solution. Let's do this together. Can you believe that? I mean, I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. That would be like, um, like I've got a, a math problem and Einstein walks up and says, hey, you know, let's talk this through. Um, but it says, let's reason together, says the Lord. Makes a point of saying that. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Basically, he's saying, look, I know you've got these, these sin stains on you. I know it. I can see them. 500 miles away, I can see all of these. And it's just red, like, like a big festering red wound. And it's, and it's just all over you. I see the sin. I see the sin. But turn to me and we can wipe this clean. Now, in verse 19, and I, I love it when, when there's conditional statements. It says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So, what does this mean? Again, this goes back to motive. Motive. That's what people got to prove in court, in criminal, in, in criminal court. They got to prove motive. Why did this person do this horrifyingly evil act on such and such, on these people? Usually. And God judges the motives of our heart. He knows what we're thinking. So, people who are deluding themselves, oh, God ain't there, he ain't looking, he ain't doing this, this. Well, okay. Yeah. Just, just hold that thought. Go ahead. Hold that thought, you know. And, and they like, uh, you know, throwing up a lot of stuff. And you know something? The thing that they fail to realize is that the God of the universe is big enough to take their junk. And ultimately, it's not going to do anything but destroy them. And, you know, they believe that, oh, well, shoot, you know, if I can make it to the end of my life and, and live the way I want and whatever, and then do whatever I want to anybody uh, I want to do stuff to, and then die on, on, a, on a rich bed, then I win. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. That's not what the Word says. That's not what the Bible says. And I do believe it's, yeah, 100% correct. And that means that 
once you're out of here and you stand over there you don't want to be someone you don't want to be someone who is dedicated to evil because that person will get back the evil that they gave four thousand million times now it's not good for us to wish that on people even though we do believe me i've done it you know gee i hope that guy uh, he, I hope he gets what's coming to him you know, i hope that lady gets what's coming to her it'll happen but it also happens to us and that's a bad attitude we're supposed to be again learning to do good seeking justice correcting oppression you know bringing justice to the fatherless, pleading the widow's case. We're supposed to be a power of good. If you belong to the living God through Jesus, that's what we're supposed to be focusing on. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on Thank keeping on. to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.